What if they're not done yet? What if they've barely started? We're going to talk about that tonight on I'm Right. I need you to do me a favor. Not a big favor. Trust me, it's easy. But I want you to do me a favor because we've got some hard stuff we're about to talk about here. So I need you to do something for me. I just need you in through the nose, out through the mouth. I need you to take a big, deep breath. Because sometimes we screw off. Oftentimes we screw off. Sometimes we're very serious. We're about to have a hard conversation. This is a hard conversation, but that is something we sorely lack in this nation. Hard conversations. We, are, we have this addiction with only saying the things people want to hear instead of telling people the truth. I was thinking last night, after the show was done, I was browsing through the news, and I've got some clips here of Fauci and the teachers' unions and everything else, and I was looking through some things, and I was thinking to myself, oh, man, <clears throat> these people, they're not even close to being done. And it's important that you and I understand what we're up against, or we'll never, ever, ever be able to overcome it. You, you're a normal person. You're a normal American. You, kind of over the whole COVID lockdown stuff, very over the COVID lockdown stuff. You're almost undoubtedly uncomfortable with mandates. And you're, you're a, a, an adult, so you can sit back and watch, and you, you think this has all been a disaster. All of it. Start to finish, it's been a disaster. We've handled this poorly. And it's time for it to be done. You're ready for it to be over. That's how I think too. And that makes it harder for us to understand their mentality. What if, <clears throat> what if the people who've done this, the people who've torn through this society, absolutely ripped it apart over coronavirus, what if they're sitting back, while you're sitting back horrified by it and ready for it to be done, what if they're sitting back and saying to themselves, this is horrible. Oh, this is really bad. Because we haven't gone near far enough. Because every single indication we have right now is that's exactly how they're thinking. Remember the Biden administration? I'm not going to go into that again, but the Biden administration last week announcing a mask mandate, a hundred companies giving an order to private companies, which they can't do, but giving an order to a private company. Anyone with over a hundred employees have to have the vaccine or you're fired. Not even natural immunity, by the way. Vaccine or you're fired. And uh, the, you recoiled in horror. I recoiled in horror. But the truth is, Joe Biden, Joe Biden's people, they didn't go back home that night after that huge announcement, biggest presidential overreach ever. They didn't go home back home that night and say to themselves, man, <clears throat> that was a big step, guys. <sighs> probably, let's, let's probably stop there. They went back that night and had another big meeting, looked around at the table and said to themselves, all right, that's a good first step. What's our next one? And then what's our next one after that? And our next one after that, and our next one after that, and our next one after that. These people aren't stopping with some employer mandate. 
They're not stopping with the mask. They're not stopping with a vaccine and then booster shots for the vaccine. They're not stopping. They're not. Dr. Fauci needs no introduction by now. I mean, you're, you're, you're horrified by what we've already done. This is what Dr. Fauci's out there saying. If we get the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated, we will get to herd immunity. If we do it in the next six months, it will happen in the next six months. If we do it in the next two months, it'll happen in the next two months. I would support that if you want to get on a plane and travel with other people that you should be vaccinated. When you hear us say, should you mandate vaccination for children to be able to attend school? Some people say, oh my goodness, that would be terrible to do that. But we already do that and have been doing that for decades and decades. I don't know what school you went to, but the school that I went to, you had to be vaccinated for measles, mumps, rubella, polio, or otherwise you couldn't go to school. So it is not something new to mandate vaccines for school children. They're not done. They're not slowing down. They're not surveying all this destruction and say to themselves, ooh, my bad, totally blew this one. They're not surveying all the power they have for themselves now and saying, oh, I don't, I don't like this. I, I think I should give some of it back. They're surveying the power they have right now and they're saying to themselves, I love it. How can I get more? How can I destroy more? How can I gather more for myself? I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this because it is time to shake yourself awake, shake your neighbor, shake your relative awake, not physically. It is time to wake up against what we are up against here. We are not up against vaccinated versus unvaccinated. That is not the battle we're having in this country. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. We are up against people seizing control faster than anything we've ever seen in this country. And they're not slowing down. They're not feeling bad about it at all. Here's Randy Weingarten, head of the school union. Looking at what's happening in the LA Unified School District, second largest one in the country, requiring the vaccine for students. How effective right. do you think that would be if we saw more of that nationwide, requiring this vaccine in addition to so many others, which we know are routinely required by states for students? Look, Erica, I think that that is gonna, going to happen in virtually all districts after the vaccine is, you know, is not after the, the, the vaccines are not on, emer- on emergency use, but are fully authorized. I think that there's a hesitancy right now, um, no pun intended, um, because we don't yet have a vaccine for kids who are 2 to 12. I'm hopeful that that's going to happen soon. But, But, you know, vaccines are a way of life. They're not slowing down. You know what comes next, right? If the president of the United States of America feels he has the authority to point to private businesses and say, vaccinate them, get them vaccinated or fire them, they're coming for the schools. Think about your child. They're coming for the schools. Well, Jesse, they don't have authority. They don't have authority to do anything they've done. Nothing. You you realize your mayor and your governor 
never had the authority to point to your business and say close. He didn't have that authority. They just continue moving forward because nobody's stopping them. Nobody's stopping them. Why would they stop when nobody's stopping them? They're not going to stop. They're loving this. And the way they're talking now, the way they're talking now sounds eerily familiar to tyrants of the past. Here's Zeke Emanuel. Listen to this. Is there another step for the holdouts? Or does it matter as long as we reach a, a certain threshold in this country when it comes to a vaccinated population? Well, you shouldn't be asking me, is there another step for the holdouts? I do think we've gone mm -hmm. uh, the extra mile in trying to persuade them. Mm -hmm. And no one wants to go to force someone to do something, right? You prefer people do it voluntarily because they've been educated and it's been made easy. but. We're beyond that point. And I think uh, another group that, you know, we certainly uh, should get vaccinated are kids between 12 and 17. Do you hear them? Look, we've gone the extra mile. I've, I gave you a chance to do this on your own. We're beyond that now. These people are not slowing down. You're looking, you're sitting back just like I am, and you're horrified by the power and the destruction. They're looking and they're horrified by everything they haven't destroyed yet. And remember, remember, this is not about coronavirus. None of these people, none of them, not one, none of these people care about coronavirus. None of them are worried about coronavirus. You know how I know? Well, they show us every day. Guess what? Postal Service, they're exempt from the mask mandates. That's right. 600,000 plus employees, they're exempt from the mask mandates. Have you thought about that? Why is that? Because the Postal Service isn't an uh, enemy of the regime. Therefore, the Postal Service, they get exempt. Oh, it's not just the Postal Service. Congress. You get that? Congress and their staffers, throw up that uh, article, Congress and their staffers, exempt. Exempt from the mask mandates. Oh, and speaking of Congress, remember, remember all these people are gravely, gravely concerned about coronavirus, right? It's a deadly disease. They're so worried about it, they want to basically ruin your life if you won't get vaccinated against it. That's how serious this disease is, except Looks like they got caught again. Take a look at this. Does this look like people who are concerned about coronavirus to you? Or does this look like a bunch of lying scumbags who are just getting off on all the power they're gathering unto themselves? Wake up, shake your neighbors awake, shake your relatives awake. We are in serious trouble right now. Oh, and speaking of trouble, there's some numbers. Maybe, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll be interested in these. I, I, I want you to remember. I want you to remember as you look at this list, and I'm going to get on the list. Just keep the list on the screen, please. Look at that list. Look at the costs. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to think back to when coronavirus first got to the United States of America. And they first suggested shutting down the economy 
in response to a virus. And we send everybody home and then begin passing trillion dollar bills and sending out government checks. Do you remember those days? I really want you to remember those days because a lot of people in this country seem to think to themselves, there was never going to be a cost to that. There were going to be no repercussions. Just print the money machine. I'm watching Netflix. I'm ordering DoorDash. Life is good, baby. Woohoo! The bill comes due. 42.7% increase in gas prices, 31% used cars, 21% gas and utilities, 7% new cars, electricity 5%, food away from home 4, transportation 4, apparel 4, food at home 3, shelter 2, medical care service 1. The bill comes due. And I have to break you one more piece of bad news before we wrap this thing up. These numbers are just beginning, too. You're about to experience supply chain problems like you've never experienced unless you were old enough to live through the Great Depression. You're about to experience inflation like you've never experienced before in your life. Why? Well, what do you think I was screaming about on day one of the lockdowns? You remember, day one, day one of the lockdowns. Everybody, even most of the right, they were all about them. And I came on here and did what? I freaked out. I said, are you people out of your minds? You can't stop a $20 trillion economy with billions and billions of different parts to it that work together. They sync up. Even parts that don't know they're directly working together. They sync up. They get on a schedule. An economy works together. You don't just pick up the remote control and say, pause. That doesn't work. You throw everything out of whack. And on some level, we've been doing that for two years now. Two years. And oh, because the government printed enough money and threw it out there into the economy, you may think to yourself, we got through this. No, 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 no. The printing must stop. And the government knows it must stop. Are you ready for interest rates like you haven't seen since Jimmy Carter? Because they're coming. Are you ready to walk in the grocery store and not find chicken? Because those days are coming. It's coming. How did you respond when coronavirus got here? You, only you know. I don't need you to tell me. How did you respond when coronavirus got here? Were you all about that lockdown life? If you were, go find a mirror because this is what you did. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, here, I'll make you more comfortable. Simon & Schuster, they got a new book coming out. It's Vince Flynn's Mitch Rapp series. I've read all these books several times, I'm embarrassed to say. Mitch Rapp, he's the character that's in all these books. And what is he? Well, he's an assassin. He goes and assassinates terrorists all across the globe. And his new book, Enemy at the Gates, is stupid good. Go get it. You will enjoy it. I've already read the thing twice. It's from Simon & Schuster. It's available anywhere books are sold. Enemy at the Gates. We'll be back. Secretary of State Blinken testified before Congress today, if you can even call it that. And I thought, like, I thought this question and answer from Representative Sherman to Blinken, I thought it was so revealing about where we are right now as a country. We're not, we're not a nation that really believes in accountability anymore. I mean, you believe in it, and I believe in it, but as a whole... Our country has simply divorced itself from the concept of it. 
It is. It really is staggering. The Biden administration just oversaw the biggest foreign policy disaster since the Vietnam War. Not one person has resigned. Not one person has resigned. In fact, I mean, listen to this. They're not even sorry. Someone else's fault. Hey, Blinken, when you came into office on January 20th, we were committed to pulling everyone out of Afghanistan within three months, by May 1st. Did the Trump administration leave on your desk a pile of notebooks as to exactly how to carry out that plan? Uh, did we have a list of which Afghans uh, we were going to uh, uh, evacuate? Uh, did we have a plan to get Americans from all over Afghanistan to Kabul and out in an orderly way? How meticulous was the planning for the Trump administration declared uh, May 1st uh, withdrawal? Uh, thank you, Congressman. Uh, we, uh, we inherited a deadline. We did not inherit a plan. So, <laughs> no, uh, no plan at all. Uh, it's amazing that it wasn't much, much worse. Propaganda. That's all we get now. Look, look at him just laughing. <laughs> See, it's all Trump's fault. <laughs> the, the destruction in this country is happening so fast, and people just seem to celebrate it now. It's all Trump's fault? This is the Joe Biden administration. The Biden administration has complete freedom to change any deadline, to come up with their own plan, to do anything. And look, this, this shows what we are. It really genuinely does. They're out there just cracking jokes. We inherited a deadline, but not a plan. Oh, that's a zinger. We got Trump on that one. Why is this about getting Trump? Why is this not about honest accountability of what's happening in this country? What has happened to us? All right, we're going to switch gears here real quick because I have to address something that took, took social media by storm last night. AOC showed up at the Met Gala. I don't need to inform you what the Met Gala is. Just know it's a really, 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 really fancy party. One you will never attend, one I will never attend. I believe tickets cost $30,000, not making that up. And AOC shows up at this party in a dress that was quite interesting. Uh, I'll be honest with you, quite fetching, if I may add, but uh, quite interesting. She shows up in a dress. Go ahead, put it on the screen for me. I think it's um, I think it's incredibly important because when we talk about supporting working families and when we talk about having a fair tax code, oftentimes this conversation is happening among working and middle class people amongst themselves. And I think it's time that we bring all classes into the conversation of having a fairer country. Thank you so much. Attacks the rich dress. Attacks the rich dress. And so people on the right, understandably so, freaked out. Tax the rich, and she's a socialist, and she's showing up at this $30,000 ticket of a, what a hypocrite. You saw it all over the place. Maybe you said it yourself. Well, a hypocrite, total hypocrite. She's a hypocrite. Stop for a second. This is what all communists are. She's not a hypocrite. You have to understand how these people think. This is what communists are. She believes, remember, communism's a religion. It's not a political ideology, ideology, it's a religion. She believes 
She is one of the members of the priest class of her religion. If you do as you're told, you can maybe achieve the status of being a standard parishioner out there in the pews somewhere. If you don't do as you're told, you're a heretic and they'll kill you, like communists always do. But no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you can never achieve priest status. That's only for them. AOC isn't a hypocrite. She's not unique. That's communism. It's the whole religion. Stalin never missed a meal. Kim Jong-il, in the middle of the biggest famine in North Korean history, they estimate three three million people starved to death in his country. They were eating rats. There's rumors they were eating each other. In the middle of all this, Kim Jong-il had fresh lobster flown into him every single day. And he washed it down with Hennessy. He was the world's largest customer of Hennessy. It didn't make him a hypocrite either. That's communism. It's the whole religion. It's not hypocritical. That's what it is. These people are monsters. All right. Now, home title theft is not a small thing. Home title theft is a very, very, very big deal. And it's sweeping this country, and law enforcement simply does not have its hands on it. You see, they're finding your home titles. They're all online. They're taking loans out against them. And soon you find out you have three or four new mortgages on your home, and you're about to be evicted. You might already be a victim of this, and you wouldn't even know it. You have to go to HomeTitleLock.com. This is free. There's a free offer right now. It's $100 value. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and put in your address. They'll tell you if you're already a victim of it. While you're there, sign up. They'll detect any tampering of that home title of yours and shut it down like that. HomeTitleLock.com. Go now. We'll be back. Joining me now, columnist for the New York Post, Carol Markowitz. Carol Um, Dr. Fauci is out there today, really seems to be taking the next step down the line. Mandatory vaccinations for kids, mandatory vaccinations to travel state to state in the United States of America. Carol, these people don't seem like they're interested in slowing down. Well, it also just, for somebody who has been wrong for so long, I don't understand why we're still listening to him. He's been wrong all across the board. And I, I just, it's concerning to me that Americans are still looking to him for some sort of advice. It's concerning to me that he continues to be on our televisions. He has at, at times contradicted himself from day to day about what we should do to fight COVID. And yet nobody seems to care that he really doesn't have any answers and he's just, you know, flying by the seat of his pants. Carol, are they still listening to him? I understand CNN's still listening to him, and clearly the White House is still listening to him. What percentage of Americans are still listening to him? I, I don't pretend that my opinions are the majority, but are they still listening to Dr. Fauci? Well, I'm in New York City. Uh, my five-year-old has distanced, masked, recessed outside. So I would say oh, I gosh, definitely gosh. still live under his boot. Um, It's really unfortunate because a lot of science that has uh, come out, he completely ignores. And so our elected officials completely ignore. And it's it's just been an ongoing thing where we listen to Fauci. Fauci's wrong. We continue to do stupid things. I mean, there was an image yesterday uh, or a video of, um, you know, this guy like spraying disinfectant into a classroom. And it's like, 
We know <laughs> it doesn't spread on surfaces. We know this. Yet, because Fauci hasn't like specifically said so, um, we, we continue to do really insane, costly things. Carol, obviously, I think some red areas, red states are going to go the opposite way and have been going the opposite way. Everybody knows the states by now, Florida, Texas, whatnot. But for right. places like New York, New York City, where does it end for them? If they're just going to embrace every single next utopian thing, I really want to know what your prediction is. Where does this end for New York City? I, I, it's so hard to say. I had an interaction with a New York Times uh, reporter the other day who said, yeah, you know, I don't want masking for my kid forever in school, but, I, you know, school just started. Like, let's give it some time. Um, and then I, I responded, like, well, I don't want my kids doing, you know, useless anti-science things just for the meantime, just because I'm so grateful to have school. Um, and he said, well, what's anti-science about it? I said, well, the masks, you know, really don't work. Uh, and he, of course, thought, no, no, they, they, they absolutely work. But then why don't you want your kids wearing them in the future, right? If they work, you could just continue to wear them forever. Um, and, and yet there's no answer to this kind of thing. Like if we're going to be doing, if, if in a year the New York Times will discover that masking children was useless and pointless and harmful, why don't we just get, move it a little quicker? You discover it right now, like with the rest of the country. Carol, what, what common values does this nation still have? Such a tough question, Jesse. Um, you know, I, 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 it's really, I have been challenged in a way that I have never felt with America. You know, I'm an immigrant. I'm like the most patriotic person ever. I, I, I tear up at the Star Spangled Banner. Um, this last 18 months has really rocked me. And I don't know. I don't know what we, what we share in common anymore. I don't even know what we want to share in common. Like if I say, you know, we, we, we like liberty and the, the right will be like, well, yeah, you know, I want liberty to live my life the way I want. And the left will be like, well, I want liberty to enforce you to, you know, protect me by getting the vaccine or by masking or whatever. We don't even have the same definitions anymore. It, it's really frightening and it, it sucks. It really sucks. It, it specifically sucks being a conservative in a really blue area and knowing that, you know, while I've always been in the minority here, I'm now on a different planet. It does. And, and Carol, what, what has really bugged me about this, and I understand many people on the right are understandably really anti-city. You know, New York's always an easy punching bag. But I love yeah. the cities. I love the country, too. I just love it all. I think the cities are wonderful. I think it's very unhealthy for a nation to have its major cities, L.A., New York, turn into absolute hellholes. And right. it's happening before our eyes. And it, there doesn't seem to be an indication this is going to reverse itself. Yeah. That's, that's it. I've, and again, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I love the city, but we've become a crazy place and we're getting progressively crazier. And when I see San Francisco, I, I, I see us absolutely heading down that path. I see us making all the same terrible decisions that they make and making them in the very near future. Uh, you know, we elected Bill de Blasio for eight years. I mean, it doesn't really get much worse than that. No, no, it certainly doesn't get much worse than that. All right, Carol, we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit today about General Milley and treason. And look, look, this came out, obviously, just a little while ago. General Milley, he contacted his Chinese counterpart while Trump was president to assure him we weren't going to strike. Carol, I, I'm not trying to be over the top. That's high treason by any measure, right? Am, am I off base here? 
No, you're absolutely right. You know what's really crazy to me about this story is that I think people expected Americans to react by saying like, well, yeah, you know, Trump was crazy. It would make complete sense that he would do something like that. But no, Americans still realize that he, Trump was the commander in chief. And so what General Milley did is absolutely treason. There's no doubt about it. I think uh, I, I'm, I'm watching a lot of Americans have the same reaction that we're having. I don't think it's a partisan thing. I think calling your Chinese counterpart uh, and undermining the president, no matter who the president is, no matter what you think of him, is treason, period. And yet he's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Carol. And I'm left to wonder when we see his conduct, the conduct of Lloyd Austin, the FBI directors, past and current, CIA directors, the comments, the, the things that they've said. Carol, the rot seems to go clear to the top, if not come from the top. How do we, how do we start to fix that? I know there's not a, a snap your fingers fix, but how in the world do you do, you do that when the, the most powerful people in society are the worst ones? I, I, I wish there was an answer to this because I only see things getting worse. I mean, I, this boomer class was sort of our last hope. I think the next the next people who rise up into these positions are going to be from the woke world where they've been, you know, taught wokeness from a very young age and they're going to just be even worse than this group. I, 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 I have never felt more negative about our country's prospects, honestly. Like all of this, a perfect storm of just insanity and we're heading into like a dark, dark time to, you know, be optimistic. Okay. Okay. The, let's, then let's find something optimistic. I don't disagree with anything you just said. The yeah. GOP itself. Uh, everybody knows how hard I am on the GOP as being a bunch of sp spineless losers. But I do yeah. feel like that is starting to change. I feel like the party is starting to remake itself. I know we still have a bunch of dorks in there. But isn't the GOP getting better as the old is leaving and we're getting some new... Yeah, I think so. I think that they're learning to fight in a way that the Mitt Romneys of the world, for example, who, listen, I voted for, um, you know, didn't, did not understand that they were never going to be in the, in the insider club. Um, I, you know, I think Governor Ron DeSantis is really leading the way on this. I think he's making his own decisions and uh, really not waiting around to be part of the popular squad. Um, and I think Republicans should follow that lead. I think they should do what they think is right and not wait for the New York Times to glowing articles about them because that won't happen until they're dead or completely out of power. Okay, why shouldn't I like Heavy D? I, I mean, look, I, everything I see right now I like, but yeah. I don't. I try not to fall in love with these guys because everybody knows they're one picture on the beach like Chris Christie away from screwing everything up. What's something about them I shouldn't like? Well, I don't like, I mean, today the news broke that he is getting rid of standardized tests in Florida. I am not a fan of that. I think standardized tests hold teachers accountable. And right away, the teachers uh, in, in Florida released, you know, glowing statements saying that they were fully in support of this, which obviously concerns me. Um, so I'm sure he's going to make missteps. I'm sure he's going to do things that we disagree with. I'm sure he's going to go too far with things that we might agree with. But then, you know, I, I think sometimes he, he, he might take that next step that we might disagree with. Um, look, don't love politicians. I, I say this to my kids all the time. You know, they say, who do we like? And I'm like, nobody. We don't like anybody. We do not like anybody. We don't like politicians. We don't um, count on them. Uh, we do hold them accountable. And that's where the Republican Party should be. It should be leadership that the conservative base can hold accountable. Carol Markowitz, thank you so much, ma'am. I appreciate you. See, thank you. Listen. 
I know right now, especially in these times, if you're a smoker, current or former, or you're a dipper, current or former, it's really tempting to go back to it. And I'll, I'm just you and me talking. I've been tempted. I've been tempted because you know I dipped for years. I've been tempted to come home and Biden screwed something up and you're just freaking out and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'd love to put a dip in my lip right now. That's when you reach for Jake's Mint Chew. That's what I've been doing. Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's sugar-free. It's nicotine-free. And yet I can still get that dip in my lip. And in fact, they even have four different flavors of CBD pouches on top of all their long-cut flavors that even take a little bit of that edge off, which really helps. So maybe give it a try. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. We'll be back. Guy the Biden administration droned, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, the administration is, of course, reviewing that, uh, that strike. Uh, and I'm sure that a you know, full assessment will be, will be forthcoming. So you don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. So you don't know or won't tell us? Uh, I, don't, I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a Predator drone whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS-K. That was Rand Paul asking a pretty important question to the Secretary of State who did not have a very good answer. Joining me now to talk about that is, of course, the editor-in-chief of Breitbart, Alex Marlowe. Alex, I, I feel like this story is not exactly getting a lot of play. I suspect I know why. Uh, I love my country very much. I also think people should be held accountable for war crimes. Are we comfortable calling it war crimes? We killed an innocent family of 10. Uh, what's unbelievable here, Jesse, and again, thanks for having me, is that we don't know who we're droning. Like, how are we droning people not knowing who they are? And this was the main takeaway from this question from Rand Paul and Blinken's non-response. But the thing that struck me most is that not only do we not know who we're droning, we probably droned someone who should have been on one of these rescue flights. And some of them, we saw them, some of them were empty. He probably should have been on one of those flights. Now he's dead from a U.S. drone. And why is this? Because Biden wanted to look like a tough guy after looking like such a weakling for weeks and weeks at a time. But what struck me so much is looking at Blinken's tone and demeanor. He's totally 100% confident. He won't be fired. He won't have any meaningful consequences. And he'll just go on with that uh, a plastic hair stapled to the top of his head and get to be a, diplo a diplomat and a bureaucrat. Alex, I, I feel like there has been, it's not as if government really holds itself accountable a lot, but especially in recent years on a macro level, setting aside just the Afghanistan stuff, people feel like there's never accountability for anybody ever. And I feel like that is a really dangerous place to be as a nation when there are two different justice systems. Is that out of line? No, it's totally correct. And this is the nature of the uniparty in Washington. And this is why at Breitbart we're so obsessed with the establishment and not just making it a simple left-right divide, which of course matters. The left is a huge threat. 
to the country. But it really is the fact that this whole culture in Washington is that we are now an oligarchy. There are two sets of rules. There's a set of rules for the people who are the super elite and they get away with whatever they want. I mean, look at the big news today that Mark Milley is having these secret phone calls trying to undermine Trump while Trump is still president. And uh, what is he going to do? He's just going to chow down on another buffet dinner and he's just going to continue to to worry about his white rage and uh, undermine a seated U.S. president. And how is he going to be held accountable? By no one other than folks like us in conservative media, which is a disgrace, Jesse. It is a disgrace. And, and boy, I don't know about you, Alex. I remember it seems like it was just like 15 minutes ago during Trump's presidency. I was told by the media for four years that they were, what is that stupid yeah. phrase they use? Speaking truth to power and the guardians oh, of yeah. our democracy and all the idiotic things they used to say. Well, we have the chairman of the Joint Chiefs coordinating with communist China behind the president's back. And man, the silence is deafening out there right now. Uh, absolutely. And this is why elections matter. And even as unpalatable as some of the brightest center candidates can be, uh, you cannot give the establishment oligarchy, particularly the Democrats, more power because this is the problem. This is where it leads. It leads to even less accountability. And uh, this is why, Jesse, you start seeing these chants of F. Joe Biden break out at, at the football stadiums. People are desperate. They don't know what to do. They see the country crumbling before our eyes. And their only recourse is to chant now at football games because they know the elected leaders can literally get away with murder at this point. Alex, I am actually concerned about violence. Uh, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I've seen enough dead bodies in my life. But because of like the things you just brought up, I feel that there is some simmering, seething anger that is bad right now. It's really bad. And the people just keep picking and picking and picking. And I'll be honest with you, man. I am, I am genuinely worried about that. Is that out of line? Uh, I don't think it's out of line uh, medium term. I think short term, I think that the violence is clearly coming from one side. It's the Antifa and yeah. the BLM side. They've been very violent. I think the right is is not there yet, thankfully. I disavow all political violence. Firstly, I'll say that for the Soros-funded freaks who monitor your show, Jesse. But it is something where people are losing recourse. I actually, I actually have to correct myself. I just said that elected leaders aren't held accountable. Who elected Mark Milley? Who elected Anthony Blinken? No one elected these people. These are appointed career Washington people. And they're the ones who are, are really the tip of the spear here. Not Joe Biden, who everyone thinks is basically propped up with a kickstand a couple of times a week. And then he goes back to his Delaware basement to eat a soft swirl. And no one really thinks he's in charge. So who is in charge? Yeah, th look, all we hear when I ask that question is the rumor mill is that it's Ron Klain and that it's Susan Rice, sure. that these are the people really running the country. And look, you brought up that, 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 that all this coronavirus insanity is just distracting people from Afghanistan. And I'm not willing to let this go yet. I mean, let's remember 13 Americans were just incinerated by an ISIS guy over there. What yes. is the situation on the ground currently in Afghanistan? Well, we know that there are hostages. We know that we drone people. We don't know exactly who they are. Uh, we know that not all Americans who want to be out are out. So all of those things are facts. And then beyond that, it's very hard to get good information. But I'll tell you, the thing that is striking to me is how there is still no one in Washington who's explaining how the United States government and our State Department was either unaware or failed so miserably when it became clear the Afghan gov government was going to collapse. They should have either known or they did know and pulled out 
anyway the way they did, which was, hey, I, no one wanted to be in Afghanistan any longer. We were unified on that. But this, where 13 American service members getting blown up for no good reason and possibly more death and destruction, I, and then now limited information because we're now focused on other stuff. And you're correct to note coronavirus, Jesse, because I think this is exactly why Biden unrolled the vaccine mandate is specifically because he didn't want to talk about Afghanistan. He didn't even give a live address on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Imagine a president who claims he stands for unity, not even giving a live address on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. He's hiding. Alex, I think he's hiding because I think his health has taken actually a turn for the worse. It's not like Joe Biden has ever been the sharpest knife in the drawer, that's for sure. But obviously he's struggling mentally, to put it mildly. And I think that re in recent days, at least from my eyes, I think he looks like he's going downhill fast. And I'm not wishing that on the man. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, no. but it's what it looks like to me. Yeah, he looks incredibly frail and weak, and I think it is leading to bad policy. I think that he's protecting his time. He's trying to conserve energy when we need a leader. And I do think that this uh, droning was probably overcompensating for some of his perceived weakness the last few weeks. Uh, he's a very compromised individual. But I'll tell you who loves it, the Democrat establishment, because they have their hand up his backside and they're moving his mouth like a, like, like a puppet. And so they're very comfortable with this. They hope this goes on for four years. Uh, and they really think that so long as they can just demonize Trump and Trump supporters, uh, they'll be OK politically. Alex, the GOP is clearly moving towards, I would say, this is a good thing, they're clearly moving towards a more America first thing. We're losing some of the older dinosaurs yeah. which needed to retire anyway, getting in some fresh blood, so that's a positive development. But the Democratic Party seems like they're old blood, not that they're moderates, they're more moderate types, they're all the ancient ones, and all the young ones, they're the AOC yes. types, and she's, what, 35? I feel like the future for that party is amazingly even more radical than it is now. I'm very fearful of this, Jesse. I'm 35 myself. I think AOC is even a little younger. And it's, I know that people my age and younger grew up on a steady diet of America is either not exceptional or is an outright bad place, that Martin Luther King was misguided and we need to actually look at skin tone. Uh, we're not supposed to be a colorblind society that America and capitalism is really sort of a failed experiment and communism is really the way to go or Marxism. Uh, and there's a lot of people who know nothing else other than this because of the decades long failures coming from our schools and our media. Luckily, uh, we've had some major pushback in the entertainment world and in the media landscape, but the schools are still a massive problem. Our kids are getting indoctrinated constantly. And now they're moving into these corporations. They're getting a vice presidential status in some of these corporations. And this is why the wokeification of a America's coming. It's a huge culture war right now. Alex, thank you so much. I appreciate you, my man. Same to you, Jesse. Thank you. Look, that's a lot of bad news, isn't it? It just, we are run by nutballs. The guy at the top is a half-functional adult, and I can't, I can't just let this go. We just had 13 of our warriors incinerated in Afghanistan, and in response, we drone striked a family of 10 and then left with American civilians still behind. Exactly how bad does the incompetence have to get? And is there a bottom? Is there a bottom? Who's going to hold these people truly, truly accountable?
we don't have a press, certainly not one that's going to hold them accountable at all. Where do we go? Crazy to think about. All right, we have a funny and enjoyable light in the mood. Next, hang on. Uh, that was a heavy show, right? I told you from the very beginning, I warned you it was going to be a heavy show. So it's time to lighten the mood. I don't even really need to set this up. It's like a 10 second video. If it doesn't put a smile on your face, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Dogs. All right. Keep your chin up. We're going to do it again tomorrow. I promise. See you then.